All right, week three. Week three. I titled the message Skills, right? How many of y'all got skills? Y'all got mad skills? Oh, come on now. I like that. We had some adults raise their hands. We got some mad skills in the house. Um, and, and just a reminder, if you play sports or you're doing anything, acting, drama, singing, um, you know, whatever it is, be sure and give me your schedules. You know, the winter sports are coming up and I want to come watch you um, do your thing. Um, so I heard something on the radio the other day and it blew my mind because these people, I feel like they have no skill. They have absolutely no talent, and for whatever reason, unknown uh, to man, these people have reached so much fame and so much fortune. Um, has anybody ever heard of the Kardashians? Yeah. All right, so listen, I'm going to say that it's as humble and as honest and as with a loving heart as I possibly can. The Kardashians, if you ask me, are the biggest single waste of space I've ever seen, right? Agreed? Can we agree? Like, they have no talent, right? What, what do you do? What, what is your skill in life that made you money? Nothing. There's no appropriate one, right? Listen, here's the thing, here's the thing, Shh. I just heard on the radio that they just signed on to a new five-year contract with E, get this, for $125 million. So they're going to continue to be on TV and look stupid and show their ignorance and their waste of space for $125 million. How crazy is that? I mean, I would do it too. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It just doesn't make sense. Here's the big idea of tonight's message. Write this down. Use your talents to honor God, not as a way to be selfish. How many of you think that you struggle with selfishness? Yes, absolutely. Some of you are like, "Eh, yeah, dude. Selfishness. Yes, we're all selfish. We're all prideful people. We want things to be our way. We want things to go our way for our good and nobody else's. And we're concerned about ourselves, me, myself, and I at all times. We are selfish people. Well, here's what scripture says, and we're going to be in the book of Judges. That's at the very front of your Bible. Um, Use your talents to honor God, not as a way to be selfish. Judges chapter 16. Open up to Judges chapter 16. I'll give you a second to get there. But we're going to be talking about a guy named Samson. How many of y'all know about Samson? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say Samson? His hair cut off. All right, biblical Samson. Muscles. He was strong. So he had a lot of hair. He was really strong. Okay, so he could like pull columns out from under a building. Yeah. All right. So Judges chapter 16, we're going to read from verse 28, and then we're going to kind of bounce around because the story of Samson goes through essentially like three or four chapters, and we don't have time to read all that. So Judges chapter 16, verse 28 says this. Now, this is at the end of Samson's life, okay? Then Samson called the Lord and said, O Lord God, please remember me. And please strengthen me 
Just this time, O God, that I may at once be avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would just speak to us through it. It's in your name I pray, amen. All right, so number one, we're just going to jump right in, okay? Use your talents to honor God, not as a way to be selfish. Number one, you've got to understand this. Samson was blessed by God. We know from Scripture that Samson was a special person. Samson had something going on for him that no one else did. Like Samson had a relationship with God that none of us have. Okay, and we see that if you flip over in your Bibles to Judges chapter 13, um, verses 2 through 5. Look at this. It says, There was a certain man in Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had borne no children. In other words, his wife couldn't have kids, right? So she's gone through her whole life. She can't have kids. She doesn't expect to have kids. It's not something that's in their future. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold now, you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Now therefore be careful not to drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Okay, so, so immediately we know up front that Samson was gifted. Right? So in Judges 13, we are told that Samson, he, he's essentially a miracle baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, she can't have a baby. This is a miracle that this is even happening. But even though she can't have a baby, the angel came to Samson's mother and said, hey, you're going to uh, give, give birth to a son. Notice in verse 5 what the, what the Bible says. The angel says that the boy shall never cut his hair because he was a Nazarite. The word Nazarite, get this, listen, write this down if you're taking notes. The word Nazarite is important here because it comes from the Hebrew word meaning to separate. Okay? To separate. In Numbers, we see that a Nazarite would make a special vow to God. In other words, like like Samson is going to be separate from all the other men in his community. There was going to be something different about him, Right? And, and he would vow very early in his life, his parents would vow that he would be dedicated to God. He would serve God. God would use his mighty strength of all the powers that he gave Samson to deliver his people. And that's what the angel says right here. But, but notice there's certain things that would separate him. Um, number one, he could take no part in grape products. How many of y'all like grapes? If you were Samson, you can't eat grapes. I mean, yeah, you can live without grapes. Everybody enjoys some grapes, right? So Samson couldn't eat grapes. He couldn't drink wine. He couldn't do any of that stuff. Um, number two, and this one's kind of a relief, uh, you couldn't make contact with a dead body of any kind. How many of you think that would be easy? Y'all think that's easy? Okay. How many of you like to hunt? It becomes way less easy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like it becomes way less fun. Because not only can you not touch human bodies, you know, and, and I think it's weird how we do that anyways. You know, our friends and our people, they die and they, we go lay them in this nice building and, it, and it's nice. It, you know, it gets the family together, kind of support each other. But the weird part is that we stand there and like, 
touch the person. You know, that's weird to me. So that's not an issue. We don't mind not touching the dead body because that's weird. That's strange to us. But um, even if you read through Scripture, you find out that Samson got in trouble for, for touching the corpse of a lion because he wanted what? Does anybody know? Honey. He wanted honey. Who doesn't want honey? Listen. So, so there were certain rules. Um, number three, he couldn't cut his hair. This one's weird. Right, this one's different. This one's strange. How long do you think his hair got? To the floor, unless he's like Emerson and it just doesn't grow. You know what I'm saying? Um, This was essentially the same as a high priest's crown. Okay, so think of it this way: a Nazarite couldn't cut his hair, and it's as if you were the high priest. You would not remove your crown at any time. See, it separated you. It, It distinguished you as someone different than anybody else. Right? So like Pastor Rocky, he clearly wouldn't make it as a Nazarite. You know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah. Has any of y'all ever seen Rocky with a mullet? He used to have a mullet. It's funny. I'll show you later. But listen, he set himself apart. See, God blessed Samson with great gifts, and God's expectation in return was that Samson would use them to further God's kingdom. And as we will see in just a minute, Samson failed God on this mission. He let God down. He let, how many of us let God down? Man, I let God down on a daily basis, right? So, so when I'm up here and I'm preaching to you and I'm telling you about how you need to do this, you need to do that. Bible says you need to do Listen, God whipped me with this stuff before, before he's whipping you with it, right? Because I struggle with this on a daily basis too. We all let God down and so did Samson. Right? Instead of using those um, skills, instead of using those gifts for God, um, he used them for himself. I put this on Facebook the other day. God never calls us to bless us without sending us to be a blessing. And that should be a reminder to you because every single time you get a blessing, you should think about that and say, okay, God's blessing me at this moment. God's giving me something at this moment. So I'm going to give back to God and I'm going to be a blessing to somebody. Right? Because God doesn't call you to bless you without sending you to be a blessing. Like, that's important. You see, Samson took the blessings and he ran with them. He used them to advance his own cause rather than God. Samson used his God-given talent to find fame. He used his God-given talent to find um, monetary items. He used his God-given talent to find women that he had no business being with anyways. Right? Listen, that, that's one of our biggest problems. Like, we think that because God made us in shape, God gave us a six-pack, God gave us abs, God gave, made us athletic, I can use that to sleep with whatever girl I want to sleep with. Um, no, God gave you that to give you a platform to make a difference in people's lives, right? You see, and that, that's just a realistic example. Like, there's so many more out there. Many of us struggle with this idea all the time. We love that God has blessed us with whatever he has blessed us with, but too often we fail to give them back to him, right? We use them to honor ourselves. Think about this. How many of y'all like Spider-Man? Y'all like Spider-Man movies? I love Spider-Man movies. Um, Think about it. You've heard this saying, with great power comes great responsibility. Y'all hear that in Spider-Man movies? Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. Listen, some of you, God has blessed you beyond belief, man. 
Like, I, I truly believe, and I tell people all the time at work, I've got the most talented youth group I've ever seen in my life. Like, these kids, they, they would blow your mind, these teenagers, the way that they can, they can do whatever they're doing. And whenever they set their mind on it, man, and you guys are awesome. Whether you're cheering, whether you're playing football, whether you're acting, whether you're singing, whatever it is, man, you guys are stinking awesome at everything that you do. And God's blessed you. See, but we must always remember to use those gifts, use those talents to advance the kingdom of God. And here's why. Number two, we see in Samson's um, life, write this down, Samson was weak in his temptation. He struggled with temptation, man. Like temptation was a massive part of his life, just like a part of our lives. Like we all struggle with this, right? Right? Like immediately, y'all joke about bringing some Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm going to throw down on those donuts when you bring them, and I don't need them. I'm the last person in this room that needs a donut, right? So what's going to happen is it's going to be this uncomfortable moment where like Mom Cherie comes out, and she's like, Chris, ah, right? And you can't eat those, right? That's how it's going to go. But I need that in my life, right? Right? <laughs> See, we struggle with temptations just like Samson. Look at this, Samson 16, verse 1. Look what it says. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into her. Listen. So one of Samson's biggest weaknesses was women. Like he struggled with it. He struggled with it all the time, even before this, man. He, you, you see him hooking up with girls he shouldn't be hooking up with. He married someone that technically he probably wasn't even supposed to be marrying, but, but God used it anyways. God said, okay, well, this isn't ideal, but I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to use this opportunity, right? And so he did, but Samson continued to fall into this trap, fall into this temptation. And we see in chapter 16 that, that this desire cost him a lot. This desire and his continually um, giving in to the desire weakened him on a daily basis to the point that he was unable to decipher Delilah's deception. See, here's the thing. Whenever you read chapter 16, I encourage you to go home and read it because it doesn't make any sense at all. Because Delilah is continually coming to him and he's like, listen, my people, they want to kind of deceive you and they want to kind of um, overcome you and overpower you. So we need to know what, what makes you soft. And you're reading that and you're like... <laughs> Like, why would you just straight up say that? And the first time he's like, ah, if you, you know, if you tie a ribbon around my toe, right? He doesn't actually say that. I don't remember what he says. One of the times he says, if you wrap me with a certain kind of cord, I'll, you know, I'll be weak. So she does. And she comes and she's like, hey, my people are here. We're going to kind of overcome you. And they wrap him in the cord. You have a big, massive Samson. He could like flick her away, but he doesn't. He's like, okay, whatever. And then he breaks the cord and then they're all mad at her. So she comes back the next day and she's like, hey, my people still want to overtake you. So how can we make you soft? And he tells her something else. And, and, and they do it. And um, come to find out that didn't work. So then she gets upset. She's like, Samson, I told you, right? Remember, this is just some hot woman that he's attracted to, and, and he keeps giving in to this temptation, and he doesn't realize that they're trying to overtake him, and he continually does this thing. And then finally she says, you have deceived me. You say you love me, but you keep deceiving me. And finally he said, listen, if you cut my hair, I'm doomed. Doesn't make sense. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. 
Like, that's equivalent to me, like, going home and, and Brandy saying, hey, um, come to find out, I'm not really who you think I am, I'm an axe murderer, and I need to know the quickest way for you to die. And I'm like, um, I don't know, give me some Krispy Kreme donuts, right? And then she finds out that doesn't work, and she comes back, and she's like, you lied to me. I want to kill you. How can I kill you? And I'm like, well, if you shoot me, that'll work, you know? Like, and I just go to bed, and she shoots me. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You see, but here's what happened. Um, he was deceived. He, he, he lost his power. He was blinded. Like the sin that came into his life, he got so caught up in those desires, so caught up in that temptation that he was blinded to God's word. He was blinded to the truth. He was blinded to what's going on, all the things that's going to hurt him, right? And, and, And we do that all the time. We continually give in to things and we give in to things and we and we feel bad about it and we pray about it. But then the next day we give in to that same thing again and until we come to the point where we're completely blind to the sin in our life and it comes and destroys us on a daily basis. Listen, I've told you before about, about the story when I, when I used to drink and, and I got in all this trouble. I was in high school. I was 17 years old and I was hanging out with this guy and he was, he was 27 and I knew he was bad for me and I continued to hang out with him and I continued to, even though I would go to church and my youth pastor would say, listen, you don't need to live this life. You don't need to be doing this thing. But I thought I was cool, man. I was hanging out with a 27-year-old. He drove an Escalade with rims and he worked at Winn-Dixie. I mean, come on right? Like, what, where, where's my sign, right? I, I was blind. I had given in to this temptation to the point that I was completely blind to the dangers around me, and there was one night that we got in a whole lot of trouble, right? The, the police caught us, but I remember them telling me that night that that 27-year-old said, we can't afford to go to jail. Let's dump him off on the side of the road. Think about that. Yeah, like it, like it just got real, right? Like the reason I didn't go to jail that night is because I went to the hospital to get my stomach pumped. How do you think that would have went if he would have dumped me off on the side of the road? Like, not good. You see, and I knew the dangers. I knew the temptation was getting the best of me. I knew that, that it was a struggle in my life, man. And I saw the things that were happening around me. I saw, right? And for whatever reason, by the grace of God, maybe it's because God knew I was going to end up here one day doing what I'm doing. I don't know. I had one guy in that car that said, no, I'll take him home. Right? Think about that, man. Think, I was one bad decision away from possibly dying. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing that you got to get about Samson. They cut his hair and he lost his power. We see that story and we're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why is there so much power in his hair? The power wasn't in his hair from the beginning. Like there was no power in his hair. Remember, that was a vow to God. 
The, the dedication to keep his hair, to keep the vow that he had promised, was saying, listen, I'm going to do this because of God, and God's going to bless me. But the minute that he told Delilah, it's in my hair, he put Delilah, number one, in front of God. Let me tell you something. The minute that you place your girlfriend, you place your boyfriend, you place sports, um, you put chair in front of God, you put work in front of God, you put school in front of God, I'm going to tell you, you're going to lose your power in Christ Jesus because God expects to be number one in your life. See, see, and I had struggled with that, man. I struggled with that because it was more important to me to be popular or whatever. Hey, listen, I broke more hearts. I hurt more people by being popular than I ever would have thought. Listen, I, I don't know where this thing's going. Absolutely, I stopped on my notes like right here. Someone here needs to hear this tonight because God's just some, speaking something. Like someone here tonight is struggling with something. You're going through some troubles. You're going through temptations. You keep giving in to those temptations. And God's saying, listen, you are losing your power. You're losing your strength. You're losing, you are becoming blind to that temptation in your life. And God's saying, I want you to, to turn around, man. Like, turn around. Like, like, you face the cross, go to Jesus Christ, go to the foot of the cross, and, and lay that thing down right there. Because it's not worth your testimony. It's not worth your relationship with God. It's not worth all this stuff. Listen. You see, Samson was weak in his temptation. Right? And here's the thing. Here's the sad truth is maybe some of you have reached the point where Samson is. And, and you've got to remember this. Look at verse 28. Sa Judges 16, verse 28. It's the initial verse that we read. It says, Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, underline this in your Bibles. It says, Please Remember me. If you've got your Bible, underline those, those three words. Please remember me and please strengthen me just this time. Some of you are opening. Judges 16, 28, underline. Please remember me. You see, here's the special thing about that word. And here's proof that, that there was no power in his hair. You see, that, that phrase, those three words right there, though, though, that was a prayer of repentance, man. Like, like that was Samson saying, God, I'm sorry. I, I've given in to all this stuff. I've given in to these temptations. I've given in to sex. I've given in to, you know, whatever it is. For us, it may be I've given in to anger. Man, I'm just angry all the time. I go to work and I'm angry. I go to school and I'm angry. I go home and I'm just angry at my parents. And I can't help it, God. I need your help. That's what Samson's saying. I'm struggling with my friends at school because I know I'm not hanging around the people that I need to be hanging out with, God. Please help me. That's what Samson's saying. God, I struggle with my language. I struggle with my testimony. I struggle being a picture of you every single day. God, help me. I need your help. You see, sin was at a place in Samson's life that he was totally blinded to reality. If you notice before that, um, or actually just after that, they, they had um, 
I can't think of the word. They, they had ripped his eyes out, man. So he was literally blind. And so many of us, we are blind. Gage, go, go back here. I'm going to get you to do something here in a minute to the sound system. You see, though Samson had reached this place in his life that he was blind to God, God was still able to use him. Amen? See, here's the thing. Say you're at that place. Say you're at that place. Go to the, um, the soundtracks and just pick one of those slower songs. Like if you were that person tonight, say if you are that guy that's struggling with that relationship, if you're that girl that's struggling with a relationship, struggling with your, your attitude, just turn it down real low. You see, that there's always hope in Christ. So we're going to do something tonight. And it's going to be a little different. It might be uncomfortable, but, but I believe with all my heart that someone needs to do this tonight. All right? Like, we're going to use these blocks over here. Those, we're going to use those as an altar tonight because I believe just looking at your faces, I, I can feel kind of the Spirit of God just, just moving in our lives tonight. And I feel like there's some uh, one or multiple people here tonight. And, man, you just need to give something to God, man. You just need to turn something over. You need to get at the foot of the cross and say, God, I'm struggling with this thing, and I need you to take it, God, because I want to live for you. I want to honor you. I want to save myself for marriage. I want to be nice to people. I want to love people. I want to serve you each and every single day of my life, but I can't do that right now because I'm blinded to the temptations in my life. So we're just going to take a couple of minutes. Listen, I, I want you to forget about the people around you. Uh, man, who cares? Who cares who's sitting next to you? Who cares what people think about you? And we're just going to have a time of, of kind of worship, a time of prayer, right? And, and what we're going to do, whenever you go over there and pray, I, I want my leaders back here. I want you guys to go pray with them. I want, I want you guys to go pray with each other. Man, if you need to cry, let it cry, man. Just let it out. Just give it to God, whatever it is. Give it to God.